Okay, what do you love? What do you what do you guys love most about mom? I love my mom because of all the amazing things that she does for me on a daily basis. What I love about my mom is her cooking. It's practically a five-star restaurant every day. The way she teaches and loves every single one of those kids in that preschool ministry. I love you, Mom. That's awesome. I could seriously sit here and watch that all morning long. But we won't. Don't worry. You can replay it on the live stream. If you didn't catch it, um, the very first question was, what do you love about your mom? And so thank you to, our, uh, to Rhonda Ayer and Bethany and Kylie and our Sunday school teachers for helping capture that um, a little late notice because that's when I have my best ideas is in that midnight hour. And so um, ushers, if you can go ahead and come forward and serve us in the way of collecting our tithes and offering this morning, I see you back there. Thank you for your faithfulness to serve. Thank you, church, for your faithfulness to give. Thank you, God, for what you do and the combination of all of that. Well, happy Sunday. Happy Mother's Day to all of you women out there. If you haven't told somebody a happy Mother's Day yet today, would you do that right now? There's still time. You got it. Say happy Mother's Day to some, somebody next to you, in front of you, beside you, yourself. That's okay, too. I have to tell you a little, um, a little secret because I am up here this morning 
and my son was in that video, and uh, my friend Carissa, who put that video together after we collected all of them, she sent me a little uh, file with a whole bunch of thumbnails of kids' faces, and I was checking on making sure some kids got in there that I was really hoping to get in there, and, and uh, so she sent me it, so there was all these little pictures of these kids and their timestamp next to their faces of how long there was, and most of them, you know, they were three seconds, seven seconds, two seconds. My son, just to give you, you're laughing because you know what I'm going to say, just to know what you're in for this morning. I like to prepare people for things, and I feel communication is a good thing, especially after I got married. I learned just how good communication is when it's there. And so I, I just want to let you know, my son, it wasn't seven seconds, it wasn't three seconds, it was 32 seconds. And so he was about three times plus longer than all the other children. But to his credit, he, because I watched his, and Carissa only put a little bit in there because she loves you all, but she loves me, so she let me see the whole 32 seconds. And he started with why he loved me. He was the, because I make him breakfast, except he didn't quite say it like breakfast. And so he started it, and then he kind of trailed off and talked about his brother, and then he talked about something else. But then he came back to his breakfast point. And I feel like I can take credit for that, too, because even though he took a little rabbit trail and, and tried to throw in some other things, he came back to his original point. And so just so you know, that might be what you experienced this morning. Because <laughs> as my husband will tell you, he doesn't get that from my husband. He gets that. From me. So good morning. So in case I haven't had the privilege of meeting you yet, my name is Jamie, and I am so excited to be up here this morning. I'm excited for the word this morning that I feel the Lord has laid on my heart. Um, for all of you men, wake up. This is for you too. You got dressed. Hopefully you showered. If not, give it a shot tomorrow morning. But you made it here today, and so I know you're out there. I know you're here, and so this message will include you as well, but I just want to say thank you to Pastor Jason for asking me to, to give the word this morning. Um, he asked me about three months ago probably because he knows that's about how long it takes me to give answers for things um, because I would like to say it's because I sit and pray over them and really intercede about it. No, it's just because that's just, I take forever to do anything, um, like I'm sitting here taking forever to introduce myself. And so, so just so you know a little bit about me, I am the women's ministry leader here at Parkway, um, and it's been a blast so far. Thank you to those of you, the women who showed up yesterday morning to help decorate our lobby, to just make it something special for everyone, not just the ladies. I 100% asked a group of moms to meet me there and didn't tell them why, and I bribed them with coffee. And they showed up, and we had all of these supplies to make balloon arches and a lemonade bar. And, and we said, surprise, this is why you're here, because what else are moms going to do but build their own balloon arches? And so that's what we do. But there was coffee involved, and I was shameless about it, and they received it. And so thank you to those moms of you who came yesterday. You know who you are, and so thank you for that. Um, I have been married to my husband for, it'll be 11 years this fall. We have two young boys. There's so many other adjectives, but I'll just keep it to young boys um, that we get to raise at home. We have four other babies in heaven that beat us there that we look forward to reuniting with one day. And I'm sure they'll have just as many words about what they've 
figured out about heaven when we get there as words that my oldest son has down here about what heaven's all about. Um, Because we talk about heaven a lot in my house. Because how many of you know, raise a child with the truth. Let them know what's really going on. Heaven's a real place. And so we talk a lot about heaven in our house. And I've been a part of this church. This coming fall, it will be 20 years, which is just a cool thought to think about. Um, I moved here. So yes, I am just a little older than 20. And um, when I moved here, I, I didn't know anyone um, except for a youth pastor and his family who moved up here. They were my youth pastor. And, and they asked me if I wanted to come. And it was probably one of the first times in my life where I heard God speak to me in such a clear, such a bold Um, just very affirming way where he said, this is what I have for you. And I never would have guessed anything that was to follow that. And so it's cool to be a part of this um, beautiful community, to be a part of this beautiful church family. And I look forward to getting to those of you who maybe I I haven't had the chance to do yet as our church continues to grow. Amen. Because this is a growing church. (laughs) Thank you for agreeing with me. So this morning, when Pastor Jason asked me to to bring the word on Mother's Day, immediately there were so many different directions on my heart for what this morning could be about and what it is about and what we could celebrate or what we could talk about or what we could not talk about. And it's been a hot minute since I've been up here. Um, The last time I was up here, I'd only been married a couple of years. We had no children yet. Um, And so since then, we've had a lot of life, as I'm sure you have had a lot of life um, in the last however many years that it's been since I've been up here. And so thinking about that and thinking about the last time I was up here and, and what things were like in my life and who I knew God to be and how I know him in a different way now and in a deeper way now. And there's been, you'll hear us talk a lot maybe around Parkway that there's always more. God always has more for you. And when you get that more, he has more. And when you figure that more out, he has more. And so I was thinking about that just with what my more is with our Heavenly Father and my relationship with him and things that we've walked through. And, and there's just so many different directions. And so, of course, I went to my kids because it, it is Mother's Day. And so I was thinking about the things that I've learned about since becoming a mom and connecting it to the Lord. Because how many of you guys know that when you become a parent, all of a sudden you start to realize just how great of a Heavenly Father we have. Because I used to think I was a patient person. In fact, I will even admit I used to pride myself on being patient. I used to, this is ironic, I used to get impatient with impatient people. Because what good does it do you? You're just getting flustered, you're making things worse, you're making everyone around you awkward. Like, just relax, just be patient. Like, things are either gonna happen or they're not, just go with the flow. And even when we had our babies, I was a patient mom. And then my beautiful boys became toddlers. And then my toddler became a preschooler. And I've learned, I've discovered, maybe for the first time in my life, why some translations of the Bible, instead of using the word patience, they use long suffering. It took on a whole new meaning to me. And I just went before the Lord, and I was repentant, and I was saying, Lord, I I didn't understand the type of patience it took for you to be a father. Because now I understand, being a parent, patience, it, it is truly a spiritual gift. That's all. That's all I know. Something else I learned as a parent since I 
since we brought our babies home is that sleep deprivation is no joke. Can I get an amen, Pastor Kylie? Yes, to all the moms. You don't even have to have a newborn. Unfortunately, it it doesn't end when they're not a newborn. But but it probably will for you. He's going to do great. Absolutely. Do you remember being told that as a mom? Like, oh, thank you. I know. I do have the one child that will sleep the whole rest of his life. You do. You do, Kylie. But sleep deprivation is no joke. It is not for the faint of heart. I would remember waking up for the umpteenth time and going in to nurse my baby after he woke up, after I put him back to sleep, and I would be sitting there looking at him like, why are we doing this again? There's no way you're not tired. And then I would pull him into bed with me because how many of you also know there's a whole underground club of moms who do sleep with their babies? That's a real thing. I did not think that was real. I didn't think you should. If you talk to the doctors, they're not going to admit they know that club is there, but it's there and it's beautiful. And whatever gets you the most sleep, that's what I'm in support of. And so I'd pull him into bed with me and I would nurse him back to sleep once again, all the while sitting and staring down my husband without him knowing it. So this might be kind of a confession time for you, Nick, and I love you. But staring him down and looking at him and his useless non-milk producing self, thinking, look at all of that sleep he's getting. And I would have to remind myself, my husband is not the enemy. My baby is not the enemy. We do not fight against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and the powers of darkness. And I'll tell you what, 2 a.m. and 4 a.m. and 6 a.m., those, there's a lot of darkness happening in those hours. When you're waking up, you're running on fumes, two hours at a time, that baby wakes up like clockwork. Whoever came up with the phrase, sleeps like a baby, never had a baby, unless they were only around babies in the daytime. And so I just, sleep deprivation is not for the faint of heart. But here's the thing. So my husband's a firefighter, and so he would be gone. He works 48, 96 shifts, so he's gone two days straight. So when you're with a newborn, that can feel like a really long time. All of a sudden, everything feels like the middle of the night, and you're reminding yourself, okay, we fight not against flesh and blood. My baby is not the enemy. He's not the one I'm mad at, even though I'm pretty sure I am mad at him. But I would be walking around with our oldest, Zane, and, and he would just be crying and crying and crying and crying and crying and crying. And so I would just get up and walk around the kitchen table and just walk around, because I knew if I were to just sit there in my nice rocking chair and his sound machine and the lights were low, and why wouldn't he be going to sleep? That either his head or my head was gonna get slammed against the wall, and so that couldn't happen because you frown on those things. (laughs) You can judge me, it's okay. I used to judge moms too before I became one, so that's okay. So I would get up and I would just start walking around the kitchen table and just holding them. Say, buddy, I don't know why you're crying. If I think about it, I don't think you know why you're crying. You're fed, you're not wet, there's nothing scary happening, it's just me and you, bud. And God began to speak to me at those times. And he began to show me that that was the role I get to have with my son, of just walking it out with him, saying, bud, I don't know why you're crying, there's not a single thing more I can do for you but I'm just gonna sit here with you until you're done. And once you are, we'll figure out what to do next. And God spoke that to me during those newborn days, during those very deep sleep deprivation days. And he showed me that that was gonna be something for me to carry with my son as he became a toddler and preschooler and teenager and adult. That there was gonna be times where 
figuratively speaking or literally speaking, he would just be crying. And I would want to try to do things to fix it and make it better and just stop crying. And he won't. And God gave me that picture of, you just need to sit with him. Just stick it out. Don't let your emotions match his emotions. How many of you know that's a spiritual gift too? But you just sit with him. And God showed me that picture of that's what God does with us. Because how many times do you know that you just feel like you're in a funk? Like David would say in the Psalms, why are you so downcast, my soul? I don't even know why I'm feeling what I'm feeling, but I'm feeling this way. And God just sits with us. He's so patient. And then he says, when you're done, when you're done crying, when you're done feeling this funk, we'll figure out what to do next. But it is not for the faint of heart. I could go on and on about these things that I've learned since becoming a mom and connecting it to just clearly seeing how God parents us. But that's not the message he gave me for this morning. That was just all a bunch of fun stuff that I got to talk about my kids. <laughs> that, that, was, that was my telling you the things that Zane told us after he told me he loves me because I make him breakfast. And so now I'm gonna get back to the breakfast point. God gave me a message to speak this morning that I feel, but before I do that, before we get in there, I know I would do a disservice to Mother's Day. Did you know Mother's Day is not in the Bible? Did you know that? I just want to make sure we all, we all know that. That's not like some ceremony that God spoke to Abraham about or Jesus told the early church to do when he went to heaven. Like, and make sure you do this Mother's Day thing. Trust me. But mothers, mothers are pretty cool, right? I mean, we're a fan of mothers. Mothers are a good thing. And so we, of course, will celebrate that with whoever came up for Mother's Day. And so we celebrate Mother's today, but I would do a disservice to Mother's Day if I didn't address some people in the room right now or joining us online. So hang on just a minute, men, because I'm going to talk to my sisters for just a minute, if that's okay. Don't go to your nothing box, though. Stay with me. I'm going to call you back in just a second, okay? Some of you women are here today. You're in this place this morning. You got up this morning. You showered. You came here, you look like everyone else, but this is a heavy day for you. This is not a day that you would look forward to. It's not a day where you feel celebrated or you feel like rejoicing or you feel this joy and you're excited to get your cup of lemonade and take a photo because there's somebody missing. Some of you women here this morning, it took an incredible amount of bravery to be here. And I want to honor you for just a minute. I want to recognize you for just a minute. Because you are the women that are on my heart on Mother's Days. Somewhere along the way in your plans, in your life, things didn't go as planned or they're not going as planned. Something happened in this area of motherhood in your life. Some of you are still waiting for your baby. You have a dream and it has yet to be fulfilled. Maybe some of you are waiting for your baby, not that they're a baby, but they're an adult, and you're waiting for that baby to return. 
to where you thought they would be. And they've taken a different journey. Whatever it is. Maybe you're like me. Some of you are waiting to see your babies in heaven. Whatever it is. Whatever your heart is this morning. Whatever it is that you had to muster up that courage to come. That grabbing that cup of coffee, lemonade, just like everyone else. But there's very... There's something different going on inside of your heart. There's something different going on inside of your mind. But you're playing the part. You're doing the thing. But there's something missing. Can I just say, I think you're amazing. I truly do. I don't say things that I don't think are true. I think it's incredible that you came here this morning. Because there's no good reason sometimes to do it. But Jesus. And so can I just say thank you for coming on this day. It's our heart this morning that today wouldn't be a hard day. That it wouldn't be a day of sadness. It wouldn't be a day of singling out mothers who only have babies at home, healthy babies, kids who are walking with the Lord, kids who are having a, a strong relationship with their moms. It's our heart this morning that you would just know God sees you. He knows. I want to tell you that when I was praying and when I was writing specifically this part of my message, I had, you know, probably like a lot of you, we have music playing in our house, and so there is music going on and nothing specific. It just was. And, and when I was writing this part of just, man, Lord, help me communicate that. Help me to communicate your heart, God. When I was doing that, the song Graves Into Gardens came on. And it caught my attention. And it reminded me, man, God has a garden for you. I don't know if it's been two months. I don't know if it's been two years. I don't know if it's been 20 years. Whatever your heart is this morning as a mother, as a woman being here this morning on this day, whatever your heart is, God has a garden for you. Can I just say that with boldness and with love and a reminder? Because there's so many reminders about the grave. There's so many reminders of the things that we lost. There's so many reminders of the things that aren't. There's so many reminders of the things that didn't happen in the way that we thought it should and doggone it. It's just hard. God has a garden for your grave, whatever it is. And that's what the message is this morning, that he wants to remind you of that. This isn't a day for sadness. This is a day of hope. This is a day of possibilities. This is a day of celebrating who God is because what he can do with whatever went sideways, with whatever is going sideways, with whatever was lost, he has a garden. He has life. You, you get that, right? A garden represents life. It represents beauty. It represents all the things the grave doesn't. He has a garden. And I just want to say to you, woman, you who came this morning, that you were hoping to just get in and get out. Thank you for coming. Let God give you a glimpse of the garden that he has for you, where you have only seen the grave. And I believe in the name of Jesus, he will give you a picture of something you have not yet seen in that area today, on this day.
Thank you for being here. Okay, men, check back in. That wasn't really my message either. So this, this is it. Oh, it's not, they're doing so good. I, I told Carissa, I said, could we wait to put the name of my message up there? Because I have a bit of an intro. And so she said, yep, we'll just wait till you say the words. So here they are. Sharon, you're amazing. Can I just say thank you for doing all what you're doing up there and keeping up with whatever it is that I'm doing down here? Thank you for that. So here it is. This is a message that I feel the Lord has for us today. Be a kid with God. That's where we're at today. So stick with me, because it's not as simple and it's not as flighty. Like, oh man, like look at that. Can I say young mom up there? Like she's talking about being a kid with God. Like, just stick with me, okay? We're gonna go through six points. You're welcome for only six points of what I mean by this. This is what I feel the Lord's talking to us today about. Be a kid with God. Kids are great. They're just funny and beautiful when they're sleeping. I, that is one of my favorite parts, I'm not gonna lie. I am a real person. I still do very much enjoy the sleeping hours of my children. They will come, Kylie, I promise you. The sleeping hours really do come. But be a kid with God. They're just funny and they're fun. They're, they're crazy, they're emotional. They are not patient. But this is what I mean. I don't mean be childish. Okay, I don't want you to hear what I'm not saying. I feel like I say that a lot when I'm talking, when my husband and I talk to each other. Don't hear what I'm not saying. So I'm saying that to you this morning. Don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying be childish, right? Because God talks to us about that in the Bible too. Of when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But then when I became a man, I became a man. Yes. I talked like a man. Thought, reasoned. So I'm not talking about being childish, I'm not talking about your character. I'm not talking about your behavior with others and how you relate to each other. Because how many of you also know that children are stinking selfish, right? They only see themselves and what's going on and what they want. So that is not what I'm saying. I'm talking about being a child with your heavenly father. Be a kid with God. So many of us, life has happened and any resemblance of a parent-child relationship with our Heavenly Father has completely been smushed by all things hard in this life. And this morning, we're going to talk about bringing that back. Children, so what do children look like? Children are humble. They're selfish, but they're humble and they're teachable. They aren't prone to pride or hypocrisy. That's definitely something that we pick up along the way, of being something that we're not, of being pretentious, of pretending that we're some, someone or something that we're not. Kids don't do that. You look at them, they are exactly what they look like they are. You, you, they just don't put on a front at all. So Jesus, did he ever really talk about having a childlike faith not exactly, but he obviously elevated children to a different status than the culture at the time, and even our culture sometimes would say where children should be. Jesus promoted humble and honest faith and innocence, and that's the type of thing we're going to talk about today, being a kid with God. So point number one, kids are always growing and always learning. I don't know how they know this, but it happens fast. 
Kids want to grow. They want to get older, and they want to learn. How many times does your kid or did your kid or a grandson or a child come up to you and tell you 50,000 things that they learned today? I have a nephew, when he was a toddler, he, my sister would often tell me that she would wake up to him standing on the edge of the bed, right there waiting for her to wake up, and she would open her eyes, and she would say, well, good morning, Oliver. Mom, did you know that dinosaurs could live until they were 100 years old? No, I did not know that. Mom, did you also know that dinosaurs were on the world long before men were? No, I did not. Did you know I haven't had my coffee yet this morning? But kids, they are always growing. They're always learning, and they want to learn. They know that they need, they need to do that, that that is just what you do. You grow. You learn. You get older. You're not going to stay little forever. Be a kid with God. 2 Peter 3.18 says, But grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Often I'll tease my son Zane and I'll tell him, okay, Zane, you know, when it's his birthday and we'll be having a birthday, and I'll tell him, okay, you can turn five, but that's it. We're going to stop at five. You can still have birthday parties. I even tried to reason with him. You can still have parties. We'll do the parties, but just no getting older. Mom, because they know they need to grow and they want to. I mean, when was the last time you told somebody, I'm 41 years old and three quarters. Like, that's something that kids do. I'm seven and three quarters. How old are you? I'm four and a half. How old are you? I'm 10 and a quarter. I don't know when that stops. But kids are proud about the fact, and they brag about the fact that they're growing, that they're getting older. We had an appointment with a kindergarten place a couple of weeks ago, and Zane was telling everyone, I'm going to kindergarten. Well, he wasn't. It was just a meeting, but we didn't tell him that. He was so excited, and so even the mailman was like, that's great, because he thinks everyone's excited about what he's doing. That's what growing, always growing, always learning. They know they need to, and they want to. Point number two, kids are excited and expectant. Kids are nothing if they're not excited about everything in the whole world. When we go to Costco, my boys, you would think we were taking them to Disneyland. Don't tell them about Disneyland, by the way. They think Costco is the best place in the world. Although there's not as many free samples as there used to be. But there's things to look at, although you can't even play on them. There's tons of people. There's endless aisles. They are just excited. And they're expecting. We'll wake up and every morning, my son will come to me and he'll say, Mom, what are we doing today? And it's just this excitement of, Well, obviously, we would be doing something fun. Obviously, we're going to be doing something today, and what is it? When was the last time you woke up and you said, okay, God, what are we doing today? What's your plan for us today? What do I get to be a part of today? What's the agenda of today? Because it's a new day. They're always excited, and they're always expectant. They anticipate fun things. They anticipate to be surprised. Again, my oldest, when you come up here, you can talk about your kids all morning long, and we will humor you. So that's what I'm going to do, and it's Mother's Day. But I didn't put pictures up there, so give me some credit for that. Zane, he hates not to be surprised. Because in our family, we do surprises all the time, which, little PSA for you, for most of us parents, when we say, it's a surprise, what we're really saying is, we have no idea. And so when he says, what are we doing today? Or what are we going to do when we get there? Or what, he asks us a question, it's a surprise. That means we're still figuring it out. And so he loves to be surprised. That's that excitement, that anticipation. Okay, Jesus, what are we doing? What do I get to be a part of? 
What are we doing today, Lord? Psalm 5.3 says, in the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and I wait expectantly. Psalm 27.14 says, wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Another version of that verse says, wait and hope and expect the Lord. Do you expect the Lord in your day? Do you expect the Lord to show up in those conversations? Do you expect the Lord to show up in those moments where you're just stuck in your emotions? You're just stuck in that thing that happened. Do you expect him? Do you anticipate the Lord to move, to speak, to address it, to see you? Kids do. Point three, kids carry a sense of wonder and awe. I think we would all agree with this one. It's just awesome to watch life through the eyes of kids, is it not? It's just cool. The first time they see snow, the first time they see lightning, the first time they wake up on Christmas morning or when they're a little older and they realize there's something special about this day. The first time you take them to the beach, there's just this wonder, there's this awe. They're just amazed by everything because it's new and it's exciting. Do you know the mercies of God are new every morning? Do you know God isn't a God of old things? God is a God of new things. He'll take care of the old things. He'll address them. He'll speak to them. He's not ignoring them, but God is a God of new. He has new for you. If you're in a rut, if there's something happening in your life and you're trying to figure out what to do about it, I would ask you, have you lost your wonder for the Lord? and who he is, and who he made you to be. And what would happen if those two things collided? Not who you used to be. Not who you used to be before life happened. Not who you used to be before the hard things took over and consumed you and changed you. But who the Lord is and who you are for now. Who you are today. I wonder what would happen Isaiah 40, 26 says, lift, lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all of these? Who brings the starry hosts out one by one and calls forth each of them by name? Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. He knows the stars by name. If that doesn't bring a sense of wonder and a sense of awe, that's an incredible thing. Our God is so powerful. He's so big. But then look at this one in Matthew 10, 30, 31. And even the very hairs of your head are numbered. So don't be afraid. Do you know it was a really long time before I realized why that mattered? What does that matter? You know, people would say it, kind of how I am up here this morning saying it to you of just, wow, God loves us so much. He knows the numbers of hair on your head. Who cares? What does that matter? I didn't understand the intimate or the lack of hairs on your head. Okay, I said it. Who cares about the numbers of hair on my head? What an odd thing to know. Do you know why that's in there for us to read? Do you know why God wants us to know he knows the number of hairs on your head? Or if you have more in your mustache, then he knows that too. He wants us to know he knows us. He knows you. He is such a personal God. He's such an intimate father. He knows you. It's not something random. It's not something pointless. He put that in there for you to know that he 
knows you. He knows you better than yourself, which let's be honest, for some of us, that's not a very hard thing to do. But he knows you. He knows your dreams. He knows your hopes. He knows your disappointments. He knows the hard that you're dealing with. And he's saying, would you be a kid with me? Would you be reminded of who I am and expect me to do great things about it? Anticipate me to speak into that place. Number four, kids are needy. Thank you, Jesus. Kids are needy. Thank you, Jesus, that you give us the strength for them. They are needy. But here's the thing. They're not afraid of it. They're not ashamed of their neediness. It's not like they come up to you and they kind of just meander, kind of just circle around. They come right up to you and they tell you what they need. They tell you what they want. They are not afraid to ask. They are not ashamed to ask. They express their needs, whether with their words or their very big emotions. They, just like they know they need to grow and learn, they know they need help. They need their mom. They need their dad to do things for them because they're kids. There's so much they can't do and they know that. And so they come to you for help. They have absolutely no shame in asking for what they need. They ask for things. They ask for everything. They ask for everything, anytime, anywhere, all day long, at least a thousand times. God is saying, try me. Do that. Do you have a need? Ask. He talks to us about that. James 4, 2, it says, you have not because you don't ask. Ask God. Have you tried? Are you just sitting there, sitting on your thumbs? Well, God knows. Why do I need to ask? Have you tried asking him? You have not because you ask. What is your need this morning? What is it that you want? Let's go beyond needs. What are your desires? What are your wants? Have you tried bringing them to God? Here's the thing too though, kids know they're not guaranteed. When my son asks me for something and I say no, and he'll start to throw a fit, I say, Zane, do we throw a fit when we get told no? No, mom. They know it's not guaranteed. If my son were to go in the garage and ask for the chainsaw because he had a really good idea, I would tell him no. And I might take the time to explain it. I might take the time to teach him right then why it's probably not a good idea and why he needs to wait to grow and learn a little more before I fulfill that request, or I might just say no, and he'll trust me. It's not guaranteed, but it doesn't stop him from asking. It doesn't stop him from expressing his needs. Because here's the thing, they don't just ask for what they need when they need help or doing something or figuring something out or reaching for something that they can't reach, but they express their needs when all they need is just you. When they just want you, they're just tired, they're sad, they're mad, they don't know what they are, and they come up to you. And if it was my little son, Max, he would say, nuggle, mom, nuggle. What was that? <laughs> nuggle, mom. You want to snuggle, buddy? Yes. He comes up, he's not afraid to express the need of just needing to be close. 
of just needing to be with the one that he feels safe with, that he feels secure with, that he trusts, that he knows will express love back to him. Psalm 27, four, I think David was asking the Lord to snuggle in this verse. It says, one thing I ask of the Lord, and this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all of my days, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord to seek him in his temple. Do you desire to be close with the Lord like this? Or you're just saying, God, I just need to be with you. I just need to sit. There's just a lot of life that happens. Because in the midst of being excited, in the midst of carrying sense of wonder and awe, in the midst of being needy, there's a lot of life that happens, you guys. And I don't have to tell you that. A lot of you could tell me that better, of life that you've experienced, of disappointments. Just sitting in the presence of the Lord does more than we will ever know. Not because of what he can give us, not because he can reach something that we can't, not because of his gifts, not because he's going to fulfill every request, but just to be with him. Point five, kids trust easily. I wonder how much it would impact your faith, your circumstances, your life, if you would just simply trust God. Just trust what he says is true. Just trust who he says he is for you is true. Can you imagine that? I want you to just for a minute, imagine, yeah, but God, there's all this stuff. I know, but just trust me. Yeah, but God, there's these things and these circumstances and these people. I know, but would you just trust me? Trust his goodness, trust his plans, and trust that he's got you and he's got all of this. It's not lost on him. He's not sticking his head in the sand. He's not ignorant of it. And like a child, there's so much we don't know. There's so much we don't see. Zane doesn't understand why he can't play with the chainsaw. He thinks it sounds fun. He thinks it looks fun. He's seen his dad do it before. Surely he could do it. He doesn't understand that. There's so much my son doesn't know. There's so much he doesn't see yet. And in time, we'll teach him. In time, the Lord will teach you. He will speak to you about things. But in the meantime, could you just imagine trusting him? Christian author and pastor John Piper says this quote. He said, God is always doing 10,000 things in your life, and you may be aware of three of them. God is always working. God is always doing something just because you don't see it, just because you don't feel it, just because you don't know it. Would you just trust that he is always doing something. You are not lost on him. He knows what you carry. And my last point, number six. Kids love the one who shows them the most love. They just do. It's just that simple. It's not complicated. Kids love the ones that love them the most. It's a simple thing. 
who loves you the most? If this was Sunday school, you all would have said, Jesus. One of you would have said, Moses. And I would have said, almost. <laughs> they just do. It's just that simple. And I know, I know, I see you, and I've been there, and I'm in that pew most Sundays. And you're saying, yeah, it's not that simple. There are some heavy things. Yes, yes, I know God loves me. For the Bible told me so. I can sing this song too. I know it, but it's just not that simple. Could I be so bold to tell you that it is? It is. It's not easy. Don't hear what I'm not saying. It's not easy. It's difficult. It's challenging. It's going to require work from you. It's going to require trust on your part. But it is simple. God loves you. John 15, 13, it says, Greater love has no one than this to lay down his life for his friends. You're sitting there. You're saying, I know, I know, I've heard it. Okay, what about this one? John 3, 16. You could say it to me. Read that. What does it say? For God so loved the world. And then if you were one of my sons, you would have gone, yes, because you totally nailed it. <laughs> it is that simple. I'm challenging you today to be a kid with God. Be a kid with God. Love the one who loves you the most. Do you know he didn't have to do this? He could have made it about the laws the whole time. He could have made it about the check boxes the whole time. But there's more. He has more for you than check boxes. Albeit, I agree with you, sometimes those check boxes are way easier than matters of the heart. I would much rather follow a list of rules sometimes, but I would be missing out on the more that God has. I would still go home, and I was, as I would be falling asleep or waking up in those early morning hours, some earlier than others, be thinking about that heaviness. Man, I would check the boxes, but there'd be such emptiness to that. And that's what God is calling you to, that there is more. He knows things are heavy. He's saying, would you trust me like kids trust? So this is what we're going to do this morning. Brooke, if you would come back up, and we're going to get ready to respond. So... So position yourself, if you would. This is the fun part. This is the interactive part. This is the part where some of your palms start to get sweaty. This is the part where some of you are looking around trying to figure out the fastest exit. This is the part where some of you are like, well, it's okay. It's just Mother's Day. This doesn't have to do with me. Oh, but it does. This is the fun part. Being a kid with God, just having that freedom God, I trust you. God, I anticipate good things because you are a good father. Letting that joy come back into your life. Do you know that when Jesus was on this earth and people were bringing little children to him, the adults were trying to keep the kids away, right? Like, oh, don't bother him with the kids. You know, they have sticky fingers and their faces are always a mess and, and they talk a lot. And they ask a lot of questions and they're needy and all of these things. And Jesus said, uh-uh, you bring them to me. Bring those kids to me and get ready 
because he's about to go into that more place with these kids. Mark 10, 14, he says, Jesus said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. And I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. I get it. There's a lot of heaviness, especially for some of you women on this day. There's a lot of heaviness. But you can still be a kid with God. Do you know both things can be true sometimes? I have two amazing boys that my husband and I get to raise on this side of heaven, and it's, it's a kick. It's the most amazing thing. Sometimes I feel like I'm gonna smash my head into the wall. Sometimes I can't get enough of them. Both things can be true. But while I have two amazing boys in my house that I get to raise with my husband, we also have four kids up in heaven that I long to meet, that I ache for. Both things can be true. You can be a kid with God. You can trust him easily. You can anticipate him to do good things. You can love him the most because he loves you the most and still have this heaviness. He knows. Would you stand with me this morning? It's not easy, but it's simple, church. It really is. I wonder, I wonder for those of you women in here this morning, you know, maybe you didn't have anything tragic happen. Maybe things are going exactly as planned, but you're just in a hard season because kids are hard. There's a lot more I could have added to my list. Kids are just hard. And as the moms, you take on a different role than anyone else, whether you want to or not. And so our first response call is gonna be for some of you moms in this place. But before I narrow what I mean by moms, do you know that you can be a mom and never have birthed a child? There's so many different types of moms. I'm looking around in this room right now and there are so many spiritual moms in this room that have been spiritual moms to me that are raising and have raised kids in the faith. And I'm gonna try really hard not to look at you. But there are so many of you, for whatever reason that wasn't a part of God's plan for you to have children, but what you're doing by being a spiritual mother, it is no small thing. So if this morning you're in this room and, and you're a woman, you have spiritual children, and if you don't, that's a whole other message, but I feel God calls us all to be parents one way or the other. Maybe that can be a Father's Day thing. But if you're in this room this morning and, and you're, you're a mom to children in the faith, you're a mom to children in your home, you're a mom to children who don't want anything to do with you. You're a mom to babies that you're still waiting for. And you're just saying, you know what? I want to be a kid with God today. 
I just want to take a minute and pray for you. There's just something hard sometimes. My sister often has to remind me that I'm human when I say, I just hate that it's so hard. Well, yeah, it's going to be hard some days. But you don't have to do it alone. If you're in this place today and you're, you're in that season, you're in a hard season, I'm going to ask you to be bold. <laughs> because why wouldn't I ask you to be bold on Mother's Day instead of trying to just sneak away? And I'm going to ask the men for something too. In just a minute, I'm going to ask the women to raise their hands. We're just going to stay right where we are, right in this church body. And if you're in this place and you're just in a hard season, whatever that is, and don't sit there, oh, I can feel you doing that. You're comparing yourself to some other women that you know have gone through some things. You're like, what? What is my deal? It's okay. I'm fine. You're human. Remember how we just talked about that kids aren't ashamed to express their needs? You're going to get to practice that here in about three seconds. If that's you this morning, you're that mom and you're saying, man, I just need prayer for whatever that is. Can you just raise your hand? Say, yeah. Being a mom, yes, it's a gift. Yes, babies are miracles. Yes, it's a blessing. But there's also hard seasons. Both things can be true sometimes. And that's where Jesus has the more for us. If you're standing next to a mom, a woman with their hand raised, men, this is where I'm asking you, can I get some God-fearing men to just surround each woman with their hand raised? And as the worship team leads us in a chorus, I'm gonna let you loose and just pray. Pray over these women. We have some women over here with their hands raised. We have a couple women up in the balcony with their hands raised. Men, would you step up and pray for these women? Your day's coming, I promise. Father's Day is coming. We'll pray for you. I know being a father is not an easy thing too in the role that you take on. But this moment, we want to honor. We want to celebrate. We want to pause for the women in this room that are saying, there's a hard season that I'm walking through right now and nothing will do but Jesus. Pray. Let's pray for them while Brooke leads us. Thank you. You unravel me with the melody surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemies till all my fears are Thank you, church family, for being participants and not just spectators in this place this morning. Thank you, women, for being bold. It's not easy, but it is simple. It is simple. 
I believe some of you in this room today as I was speaking about the ways that kids are and how God is asking us to be with him. There's something that struck a nerve. There's something that resonated with you of saying, man, I haven't felt that in a long time. Do you remember when you used to be excited about God? Do you remember when you used to be expectant of what he was up to, of what he was gonna do, of how he was gonna orchestrate things and only the way that God could orchestrate things? Because you know that's the thing, right? We can try, we can lay plans, we can pray really hard, but there's something that only the Lord can do when things need to be done just so. And I wonder how long it's been since you've gotten excited about, man, I wonder how God's gonna surprise us in that area, because it is not resolved. There's a hard situation here, and so I know that God's working. I wonder what he's gonna do. Maybe it was the trust one where you say, oh yeah, I don't trust God. I have prayed, I have asked, I have expressed my needs. I get it, I get it. Maybe it was the loved one where you're checking the boxes, you're doing the things, you have faith, you're teaching your kids, you're a witness to those around you, but God's saying, okay, but what about your love for me? When was the last time you just sat in the presence of God and let him, dare I say, snuggle you? Let him be who he wants to be for you. Not me, not Pastor Jason, not somebody else, not your child, not your parents, but for you. When was the last time you just sat and let him be who he wants to be for you because he knows the hairs on your head. He is a personal God, he is an intimate God. Have you forgotten that? Jesus. Do you know how you know sometimes God's asking you to respond? because in about five seconds, I'm gonna call you forward. And I'm gonna ask you to be bold. I'm gonna ask you to be brave. I'm gonna ask you to express your needs just like a child would. But you're not gonna be alone. There's gonna be men and women alongside you. There's gonna be men and women coming up behind you to pray over you because we know, because we've been there, because some of us are still there. Do you know how you know if God's calling you to respond? Because you start talking yourself out of it. You say, oh, no, that's not for me. This is Mother's Day. I'm a guy. No, that's not for me. I'm good. I'm fine. I'm fine. You start playing those games. Okay, well, maybe if she says something prophetic, like there's somebody here with black socks and white polka dots. God is calling you this morning. And God does that. And that's the cool stuff, right? God will do that. And that's, that's just the fun stuff. Like, I think he just does that because he's a fun God, right? Do you guys know that devil didn't create fun? That was God's way before he came on the scene. God's just fun. So sometimes he will do that. He did that last week with Bear when he came up here and spoke to two specific people. God will do that. He will single you out. He will say, you with the red stars and stripes shirt on today. This is for you. And so then it's like, okay, well, I guess I can't deny it now. You start playing the altar call game. 
I'm gonna ask you not to play that game this morning. It's simple, but it's, it's hard. It does require action on your part. If there's something that resonated with you this morning, I don't need your affirmation. I'm not asking you to respond so I know something resonated with you. Do you know this is so much bigger than us? Jesus wants to meet you at this place this morning. Do you know when I look out and around you, I see Jesus. I see Jesus kneeling before you, getting ready to wash your feet because you just need a touch from him. I see Jesus standing next to you, reaching his hand out. I see Jesus standing right in front of you saying, will you follow me now? I see Jesus at this altar right here looking up saying, will you make the walk down? Will you do it this week? Will you do it this time? And he's so patient. He's saying, will you just spend a moment with me? I'm gonna ask you, church, to spend a moment with God. If there's something you're saying, man, I am not like a kid with God. I've had too much hardness. I've had too much life. I've had too much disappointments. I've had too many unanswered prayers in the way that I can't see what God's doing, so it's hard for me to believe that he's doing. God's asking you to be a kid with him. And this is how it's gonna go. I'm gonna pray for you. I'm gonna set my mic down. I'm gonna walk over there. The worship team is gonna usher us back in deeper into the presence of the Lord. And if you need to go, if you have things, if you're ready, if you see yourself walking through the doors behind you rather than the altars up here, that's okay. This is a judgment-free zone. No, really. If you need to go, consider that your dismissal. But for those of us saying, man, it's been a long time since I've been like that with God. Would you just take a minute with the rest of us who are saying that and pray this morning and let people come up behind you and beside you and next to you. Would you meet Jesus at this altar this morning if that's you this morning? God, I thank you that you're meeting us. I thank you that you're speaking. I thank you that the heaviness that we feel and your love that we feel can both be true at the same time. And you wanna speak more about that. You are not done yet. God, there are some graves in here that you have been preparing garden beds for. There are some graves in here that you have been preparing life for. And we need to be reminded of that this morning. Father, I thank you that your heart is for us. I thank you that your heart is for the more. And I pray this morning as those of us who step out into that place, that bold place saying, I don't know what's going to happen. Just like my child, when we have something going on, we say, it's a surprise because we don't know. God, you do know. You do know what your plans are. You do know what you're planning. You are waiting for us to respond so you can continue to orchestrate and coordinate the things that only you can do, Holy Spirit. And so we pray this morning as we step out in boldness, we would know that you are not waiting down here. You are right next to us, taking one step after the next, after the next. And if we need to grab the hand of a friend next to us, if we need to grab our spouse's hand, I pray we would do that, that we would not leave this place the same person we walked in. In Jesus' name we pray.